Good morning, listeners. It is your two favorite hosts here, uh, and I'm I'm looking at uh, all the topics we got to get to today. But I think most importantly, we should talk about the weather first. <laughs> We're calling live from balmy Iowa, where it is a comfortable. Hang on, I'm being handed a little slip of paper. Oh yeah, sorry. It is negative thirty three degrees <laughs> in Iowa today. Uh, the sun was out, so that bumped us up, you know, maybe one or two degrees, maybe from negative 37 with wind chill, uh, up to negative 33. So I hope you broke out your suntan lotion and flip-flops for the heat wave that we experienced <laughs> this afternoon. Yeah, uh, currently the, uh, the greater Des Moines metropolitan area is what I lovingly refer to as a blighted wasteland Mm -hmm, of mm -hmm, mm -hmm. ice and snow. You know what doesn't help the aesthetic of blighted wasteland are the, (laughs) the gusts of wind that sort of bring misty swirls of frozen air along with it. Uh, it's, it's giving real mist vibes and it certainly does say to me frozen hellscape personally yeah yeah sure it's a it's a it's real it's real feeling like hoth uh out here for all our star wars heads Mm -hmm. for all the for all you star wars knowers out there it's it's cold like hoth there you have snow Uh, yeah um if you think uh, about it, uh, if you subscribe to Dante's version of Hell, Satan's just frozen up to his chest in this all the time. Mm-hmm. It's a little mm-hmm. warmer in Hell. It's about negative 25, but what can you do? Yeah, it, it, it is fucking cold out. Is to, give what you, we are. to give you a little bit of context, uh, listeners, normally when I record this podcast, I run hot. You know, I I have all my electronics around. This room does not get great circulation. So I have my fan on. I wear shorts and a nice t-shirt so I don't, like, sweat while I'm recording in this room. Uh, and today I am wearing a sweatshirt, sweatpants, pants under my sweatpants, long thermal socks, and a nice pair of slippers. So <laughs> I'm cozed up. We're... This uh, this podcast is going cozy mode. Yeah, I'm cozy pilled. Uh, I'm comfort headed right now. Mm-hmm. The only thing that would elevate this for me is a, a nice hot hot cup of tea. I think, but I didn't want to go too much and put myself to sleep. Yeah. Uh, you you would fall immediately asleep. You would you would turn into that bear from the yeah the sleepy the time bear and i was thinking should i get my long ebenezer scrooge hat out and then i'm like no i know it's a cold a long you know winter's nap ahead of me but i think that probably for podcasting purposes i want to bring energy rather than you know cursed by my business partner formerly i knew in life mm-hmm mm-hmm 
I will I will be haunting you if I die first, by the way. I mean, that was a given. That was in the contract that I signed when we started this podcast. <laughs> whoever dies first gets haunted. Yeah. And then we come back to teach whoever's still alive a lesson. Mm-hmm. About the, you know, the chain, you know, the chains we forge in life, blah, blah, blah. You see it. You get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. We've all seen a Muppets Christmas Carol. We all know. <laughs> we all know. Um, anyway, you're listening to uh, Study in Sakuga. I am your anime Sherlock Lexi. And I'm the frozen remains of your anime Watson Holden. Uh, and coming to you this winter eve, we are talking about My Hero Academia. Yep, still in My Hero Academia, still in this fucking bunker. Um, don't you don't you just love a bunker, folks? Folks, don't you just love a bunker? <laughs> you know what we don't talk about enough on this show is how often we're in a bunker. We're just we're all in all sorts of supervillain secret bases. We got warehouses. We got bunkers. We have uh, spooky woods, great places mm. to fight crime and villainy. Yeah, I love it, to be underground fighting. Yeah, this is the most uninteresting place that could have set this. <laughs> what it's if what so if we visually set, boring? What if we set this entire like arc in just uh, concrete rooms? It does That's, get. It does get more interesting at next episode, like, <laughs> but like at the end of next episode. In this episode, it's in a hallway and in a nondescript blackish room, like, yeah, concrete-ish, I guess. Anyway, uh, this is season four, episode seventy-two, Red Riot, uh, which funnily enough starts with Sun Eater. Fainting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He got, he got got. He got got. Yeah. But that's okay, because now we get to hang out with Fat Gum, who we like better anyway. Yeah. He he tried so hard in defeating the, like, three guys in front of him, he, he just tuckered himself out. Now he needs a nap. Now he just needs a little nap. Um, well... It is a Fat Gum and Kirishima episode because the guy that's in the walls, he's in the goddamn walls. Yeah. Uh, is still fucking stuff up uh, for part of the building, but it turns out he can't extend his range everywhere. Yeah. And, very importantly, he can't, like, just see from the walls. He does have to stick his eye out. He does he have does to stick have his to eye act- out. He can't. Which- <laughs> Which seems like it would it would suck really bad. It does to have seem, this. Ha- <laughs> it seems like a loophole. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't like to stick my eye out of the wall, especially if you're trying to be Snoopy and not uh, give away your position to Eraserhead. But what do I know? Mm-hmm. Who will absolutely just fuck your shit up the um, the moment the he moment. sees anybody? Here's here's a question for you. If you're currently in the walls, and an eyeball is visible, and mm-hmm. Eraserhead hits you with his "your powers don't work" ability, what happens to your body as you're possessing the walls? Um. So 
uh, we've talked a, a little bit about uh, Kitty Pride. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this uh, this season, I have to imagine uh, about the same thing that happens if you just like suddenly and violently deface in inside the wall, you, which oh, is okay. you would die. You would, you would die. You would fucking die. Because I was thinking about this question with Lemillion. Like, if he's half in and out of something, and Razorhead hits him with the "your powers don't work," that that dude gets cut in half. Yeah. Fucked up. Mm-hmm. Also. This is a, an aside, but I keep seeing Kitty Pride referenced in modern comics as Kate Pride. Does she not go by Kitty anymore? She doesn't go by Kitty anymore. She hasn't gone by Kitty for like four years now. Hey, I don't like that change. <laughs> I, I get that. I get that she, Kitty is kind of a younger nickname, but come on. She is a she is like our age, Holden. She is a Kitty is an all ages woman. nickname. You're telling me Kate Pride is better than Kitty Pride than in Kitty Pride? Wrong. Okay, but consider, like when this change happened, she was like going to lead a team called the Marauders as like a pirate captain, and she was going to be Captain Kate Pride. So okay, well she's not anymore now. Yeah, now she's Shadowcat, which is also which also whips. Oh well, she's always been Shadowcat. That's her X Men. Ni- that's always been her X Men nickname, right? Her superhero name. And she she has never been able to get one to stick. Is the thing is the problem. Um, but Shadowcat think they is, can do better than Shadowcat. Like uh, she did. She got Shadowcat like during her like arc with Wolverine. Okay, uh, case when in she, point. Like, trained to, when she trained in to be point, a ninja. Case in point. You're going to be Shadow Cat, not go by Kitty? At least go by Cat. Not Kate. Cat Pride? Sure. Anyway, th- I don't need to digress too much. Call me an old head. I don't like it. Bring back the classics. Uh, anyway. I guess this yeah, guy would um, die, so you don't you really don't want to raise her head to see you. Yeah. Um, we get a scene back on the surface where Centipeter is like trying to get through a, an ugly piece of wall uh that has been like full formed over the like entrance to the bunker. It's horribly organic. Girl. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't like it. You could tell the man put his body there and moved it to be that shape. And I don't like mm-hmm. that. Uh, uh, Bubble Girl <laughs> is interviewing a few of the mooks. Uh, and the the thing that she learns is that uh, not all of the mooks like Overhaul because uh, Overhaul's dad was a big Yakuza guy who wanted the Yakuza to stay Yakuza instead yeah. of, like, being a villain organization. He's taking them in a more supervillainy direction, and all of the actual mooks um, that are powerless, or if not powerless, at least, you know, like, pretty plain Jane guys, uh, mm-hmm. do not respect Overhaul. They just think that he'll kill them. Yeah. They're like, yeah, that dude can kill us at any moment, so we have to follow him. 
but we think that what he's doing sucks and we hate it. And we actually just wish that his dad was better. Yeah. I don't know what Bubble Girl's gonna do with that information. Uh, hopefully tell somebody. Yeah. Hopefully she'll get, like, to tell someone about that. But um, back, back downstairs, the squad that's made it through... Um, have been having a nice time of it without the walls attacking them until all of a sudden the walls attack them. Mm-hmm. Uh, he tries to push a uh, razor head in a hole. Uh, classic move. Mm-hmm. Put a guy in a hole. Um, doesn't work. Uh, Vacuum and Kurashima jump in front of a razor head and, like, get pushed down the hole instead. This is now. I want you to keep counting in your head about how many times in these two episodes people get thrown down a a tube into a new place because if we count last episode, this is now the second time. So yeah. just, just everybody be aware, this guy has one trick exactly, and it's to put people into a room where they can fight a bad guy. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why he doesn't just... Collapse people. the walls on him! Do anything, you know, like... In fact, yes. later later in this episode, I think it's this episode, maybe not, maybe it's next episode, but he, like, starts having the walls, like, block and attack them. Like, he mm-hmm. just thought of it. And I'm like, okay, couldn't we have been doing that the whole time? Like, isn't that more interesting than another fucking weird liminal space fight scene? I guess not. No. We got uh, we want fights to happen in dark rooms, which I is guess. what's gonna happen now. Yeah, uh, because they get thrown down another hole to go fight two dudes. Mm-hmm. It's two dudes this time, not three, so it's different. You see. Yeah, it is. It's a it's a classic two v two battle now. Um, I love how Fat Gum falls down the tube, the hole. Yeah. Uh, he, like, rolls up into a little Sonic the Hedgehog ball and just sort of bounces <laughs> down. He, he turns I into, like, a love Fat Gum. <laughs> no, I love this guy. He rules. He's great. And, like, this this episode is also just, like, Fat Gum being great the entire time. It's so good. Fat Gum is incredible the whole episode. I have a lot of complaints about this episode, but not among them is Fat Gum. Yeah. Um, but here we meet... Uh, the two villains that we're going to be fighting who are mostly very uninteresting. Yeah. I actually... So, I would actually say that um, the... Uh, oh, fuck. What's his name? Rappa? Rappa has interesting facets about him, but he... I don't know. He does, it's not like... He could be interesting. He's not. He all, he, but all, inter- but like weirdly, all the pieces are there for him to be interesting. Mm-hmm. What what a surprise with this show! You I have know all of the pieces for something interesting, and you don't use them. And we don't use them. Um, yeah. So the big guy, uh, Rappa, mm-hmm. can punch really hard. That's his thing. Him. <laughs> That's his quirk. Is he punches super hard. He can punch really hard and really fast, and he's really good at it. And, and he's really good thing. at punching. You know how we have really cool and inventive quirks on this show? Well, not this time. This time he just punches good. <laughs> Listen, just, some people have got to be the punch. Like, 
some people are Sun Eater and they can get superpowers based off the food they eat. And some people gotta be the punch good superhero or super villain, mm-hmm. you know? Like, sorry. And almost as disappointing as, uh, as him is his, Force Field the, guy. The, <laughs> the guy he's been teamed up with who just makes piss colored Force Field. Oh, it's like they ran out of good ideas with the last fight scene, which. By the way, didn't need to be three against one. You burned through all your good ideas in one fight. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it is just a guy what makes force fields and a guy what punches good. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but uh, Kirishima, you know, the big punch guy comes in to punch Fat Gum as he does. And uh, Kirishima is like, what an idiot. I'll block, I like my quirk is hardening. He's a punching guy and I'm a hardening yeah. guy. I win. Uh, no, I win. easy. He gets hit no. so hard that the skin like cracks off of his arm. It's exposed muscle underneath that he got hit so hard he like shattered like like uh, brittle iron or something. Yeah, it sucks. It's bad. And, it's bad, uh, but a cool effect. Uh, and it like very quickly like just totally craters Kirishima's like confidence in oh, himself. Oh boy, you feel for Kirishima. There's like <laughs> you feel for Kirishima because he's like he's like having a flashback, which I have complaints about. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll, we'll get there. Um, but like the force field dude, who's the most fedora wearing guy I've ever seen. In my life. He's like, patience, friend. You must take your time and not be so hasty. Like We need we need to wear them down. Yeah, he's he's got a mask. Everybody's got masks, okay? We mm-hmm. all get it, that's the theme. We all got like plague doctor mask. His is specifically designed to make him look like a crow. And like, fuck off, man. Like <laughs> come on. <laughs> like get over yourself. He's like, no. They're like passing out Plague Doctor masks. And he's like, I actually have an idea for a custom mask. And it's to make me look super badass. I don't, yeah, this this guy's dumb. He I, don't fucking, like I don't like him. <laughs> he's He is so nothing that he's, like, I just, I, I straight up didn't read his subtitles for the entire episode. And I, just because I'm like, yeah, I know what this deal, guy's deal is. He is, he is like, a minor obstacle between Rappa fighting Fight Gum more that yeah, just like happens every once in a while. It in really episode. is. It really is. Um, which is stupid. It it is dumb because I like Rappa. I think there's good bits to him mm-hmm. that are all and there's lame bits. Uh, because Rappa is not really interested in the overall goal here. Right, yeah. he's not interested in stopping them so that his boss's plans can succeed. More he, that he wants to fight to the death because he thinks that would be fun. Yeah, he's just he is in it for the thrill of like the fight. He loves fighting and he wants to fight these two guys to the death because that's what he's about. It's real simple. Yeah. And uh, that's all you know. Like fuck everything else. Like, mm-hmm. who gives a shit? Um, Fat Gum is taking a lot of hits, and we cut back to Kirishima, who, as he's, like, having a panic attack or whatever, 
like bits of him are like crumbling off. Super cool effect. Yeah. Incredible stuff. Um, but he's like getting really worried about like how Fatgum is like taking this fight, which is Fatgum, by the way, is just taking all these hits. Just like taking them. Just tanking them. And he makes mm-hmm. Rappa makes the point that he's like, you're I guess the other guy makes the point that these are two defensive heroes and like you're an offensive hero. We have a good balance. You're the offense, I'm defense, and they're both defense. So, like, we've got it. They can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Karashima is just having a full-on breakdown as, like, Fat Gum is just tanking punches. Tanking so many punches that we learned that he's blonde, by the way? Yeah, his hood gets knocked off, and he's got blonde hair. He's a blonde! Everything, normally I'd be like, I don't want to see Fat Gum's hair. I don't think that's interesting. Don't put him back in his costume, please. But actually, everything I learn about Fat Gum, I'm like, you rascal, of course you're a blonde. (laughs) (laughs) The thing about Fat Gum is that uh, we don't really get to see it because of, like, he is... He has, like, a very cartoony shape. But I get the feeling that if you were to see this dude in real life, you'd be like... He's oh, that handsome. That's just a guy. That's a good-looking guy. And he's, he's got he, he's got a cartoony shape because that's kind of what his power does. But like mm-hmm. when he doesn't have his costume on, he's probably just like a big guy, you know, just like yeah. that you want to hang out with. Yeah. Look at those locks. <laughs> this is this, I'm a fucking fat gum Stan account, okay? Don't come for me. <laughs> He's the only good part of these episodes that we've been having to sit through. I don't need to hear it. Um, oh my god. Okay. So, yeah, Fat Gum's taking all these hits. Uh, uh, Kirishima is freaking out about it, and then he starts having a flashback. Holden, what's the name of the middle school that Kirishima goes to? Um, I didn't see it. Give me a sec here, let me... Uh, I don't. I don't have it up fast enough. Sorry. Uh, let me just get to it because I saw it on a flash, but then it passed by. Uh, yeah, it's uh Mustafa, you know, no. like Mustafar. Must Mustafa, <laughs> like like the place that that Anakin Skywalker became Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well cool the show does not <laughs> I get every it. every every single time he has a new place he has to name it a star you wars gotta thing. do it you gotta well anyway we're having a weirdly timed flashback right now mm-hmm. um you know when this would have been good to see uh the the last kirishima episode we had well, sure, actually, I think that was a fine episode, but you know what would have been good to see this flashback in is not in the middle of a fight scene, mm. but instead uh, maybe earlier this season and as we're, like, building up to the themes that we want to explore with Kirishima and, like, the character arc that we want him to go on, we might plant this early so that we can call yeah. back to it in the fight scene. But not have to do all the exposition right in the middle of a big fight that they're having. 
and it would be more satisfying because he would learn lessons, and you'd see him grow from when he was in middle school to high school. Mm-hmm. But we don't do that. We're doing it right the, right the fuck now in the middle of the fight scene, so... Yes. That's good, I guess. Um... Flashback to Kira uh, to uh, uh, Kirishima's high school. We see some kids bullying a kid who's a Tanuki. Arthur, basically, he's Arthur the Aardvark. <laughs> he 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 does look like Arthur the Aardvark, but also he's a Tanuki. Uh, no, I'm pretty his, sure he's his... Arthur the Aardvark. Um, and I... his quirk appears to be uh, transmutation. These kids are brought leaves, and they're like, "Turn it into money," and he's like. No, I, I, it won't work. It doesn't last that long, and people will know that you paid them with leaves. And they're like, "Well, I better, we better spend it quick then." Like, that's not. Listen to Arthur, man. Like, don't. <laughs> that's not gonna work. Your plan but, is flawed. Uh, but yeah, uh, his his power is that he has Tanuki powers. He can change leaves into money. It's very on the nose. I don't know why this is one where he looks like a Tanuki and he has Tanuki powers. It well, is so I, okay. Well, I'm making presumptions works. here because I don't know if you're familiar or have watched a lot of Arthur, um, <laughs> but he can do that in the show. That's his main thing he, is that he turns leaves into money. I I never really got I never really got to one of the those episodes in Arthur. Yeah, That's there's a lot of life lessons. A lot of life lessons about why you shouldn't be turning leaves into money, but Arthur, he just can't learn those lessons. It's all he does. <laughs> um we but... do but we see a young Kirishima here who's got dumb hair. Dumb hair. And it's dumb. actually not dumb. It's just worse than what he has now. Yeah, he just has like plain black hair. Yeah. It's Nothing special. Boo. You can't tell because it's an audio medium, but I'm giving a thumbs down. No personality. Fucking background character ass. Mm -hmm. Haircut. Doesn't matter. Which is is what he acts like here. Uh, He sees this happening and he, like, tries to stand up to these bullies and they, like, hit him with a rock. (laughs) Yeah, and they fucking knock him down. They, they hit him with a rock, and, like, hey, getting hit with a rock will still knock you down if you're hard. <laughs> yep, doesn't... He has not trained super well with his quirk. Um, and it, on, the th- on the surface, if you think about it, hardening, like, your arms kind of get tougher a little bit, is not necessarily a super cool quirk. Um, mm-hmm. So it is kind of a testament to how much he's grown in his training that he gets like nuts with it in this fight. Um, boy, I wish we could have seen that growth. Yeah. That would have been cool. Uh, what, when you were asking me, when would this, uh, flashback would have been more interesting. And I, I thought about it for a moment. And I'm like, actually, this would have been a good, <laughs> they should have, they should have had these kind of flashbacks. I don't know. Season one. Wow, I would have loved to learn more about our characters as they were all getting to be part of Deku's life and his classmates. How what? how much more interesting do you think Kirishima and Mino would be as characters if you oh knew that God. they knew each other the entire The entire time? fucking time! Are you joking me? We have learned more about Mina in these flashbacks, of which she is not a part of, really. She's mostly a, like a... 
a goal that Kirishima would like to strive towards. Uh, then we have, in the several seasons, we've seen her on screen. Like, in classroom. Yeah, it's we, wild. Because these kids walk away after knocking Kirishima down and Mina rounds the corner and not only tells them to stop bullying Arthur, but makes friends with them. And then they break dance, which seems like an over-the-top thing. Like, a little she... joke. But, like, isn't that an incredible character trait is that she diffuses situations like not only does she get them to stop bullying but she also makes them all become friends yeah they're friends now and she talked for them to them for like three minutes that's cool (laughs) we should know about that also Uh. also completely unearned because this flashback sequence is good just weirdly paced, like weirdly mm-hmm. put in these in this episode in this season, because like we should know the history between Mina and Kirishima, because like they're clearly setting up for them to be like friends slash rivals with a hit like a pat like a history. And if we're gonna like do that, we should know that they have a history, right? They're not they didn't meet for the first time when school started. Oh, you're having high hopes for that. I don't think... I don't think the show will do that. But you could see why I might think... Mm-hmm. They put these two people together in sort of a, like, teasing relationship. Yeah, that would be a fun thing to have going through through the show. That would that, that would be a fun dynamic for the that would be really fun to have. Why are we... I just... I like... <laughs> All of the Kirishima stuff I've seen is good. I like all of it. Mm-hmm. So why is it so weirdly sprinkled through this season? And why are we getting it now? Like, why pick Kirishima? He wasn't any more important than anybody else in that class. In the background character. Like, I don't it, know. I have no clue. It baffles me. Because this is good. This should, mm-hmm. This should just be the show. Yeah, we, we should be having these type of episodes... We should have been having these type of episodes the entire time. All the time! All the time. You can even pair up Deku to have moments with his classmates so it makes sense for them to be recounting this stuff to him. Mm-hmm. Hey, I don't know. You, know what, you know what would be a good reason for that to happen? Deku doesn't have powers. Deku doesn't have powers and has to learn! <laughs> Has to use, has to study his classmates in a cool way to then use against his enemies. We, yeah, we fucking, we have this show so down, it's incredible to me that we, two assholes, not related, (laughs) not made one anime in their life, can fucking sit here and puzzle this out. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's fine, even. Um, yeah, so after this... Uh, Kirishima's like, wow, I wish I was, like, a Mina, and then, uh, another thing happens where he sees a giant, like, pin two girls, like, uh, like, close Mina's to a building. Mina's friends. Yeah, uh, and, like, he is asking them for directions, but, like, being incredibly intimidating, uh, about it, and it's a very scary situation, and... Uh, Kirishima, like, wants to do something, but he is frozen with fear, because, like, he doesn't know 
like, what would happen if he, like, tried to confront this guy. But Mina is, like, before he can, like, figure out what to do, Mina jumps in and, like, gives him information and actually directs him just to the police. Uh, (laughs) Which is a funny bit. Yeah. Because, like, he's asking directions to a specific, like, hero uh, office and... uh, like, they don't know the directions to where he's asking for, and they don't know how to explain this to a very intimidating person. Uh, and so Mina just, like, gives him directions to the police office. He is saying um, villain shit under his breath. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So, for like, real. I get it. I get that you're not, like, up with the information. Uh, and the, if that guy is not a villain, he needs to be cooler. Like, be cool, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, this, it's, and it's like, there's a good dynamic here with Mina and Kirishima, because Kirishima, like, seeing Mina jump into action and him being frozen in fear is like a source of shame for Kirishima. Yeah. He goes to school and apologizes to them the next day for not doing anything, even though, by the way, they don't know who he is. Yeah, no clue. They don't fucking know. He's, like, invisible. He's he's just another guy. Just a guy. It is so interesting to me that Kirishima's arc is background character that wants to be a hero and so tries really hard and then becomes, a, like, a main character in the show. Like, he sees people being heroic and it inspires him to get off of his background character ass and be a hero. He even gets main character hair. (laughs) Like, like that's his point of transformation, is to be more like his hero, Red Riot. Mm Mm-hmm. Or not Red Riot, Red um, Crimson Riot, excuse me. Crimson 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 Riot. Riot. It's different, you see. Um, Um... He, yeah, here, like, having seen Mina, uh, Mina's heroism and having heard about Deku's heroiz- heroism as well, he heard about that on the news. Yes, he did. And he's like, why can't I be like that? And, like, he is scratching out the, uh, uh, his first choice of, like, where he wants to go to high school, uh, and is, like, like trying thinking to himself that he's going to give up on, like, being a hero and, like, throws uh, throws something against the wall. And then an interview with Red <laughs> with Crimson Riot starts playing on a hologram. It was part of a set. He got a, a book about all the heroes for Christmas or his birthday or something, and it came with a hologram that he just noticed, I guess. He couldn't have just been watching. Anyway. And uh, Crimson Riot's like, yes, I have exactly what Kirishima needs to hear in this moment about how good it is to do things for others. Mm-hmm. And, and how the the thing that you need to know about courage is that uh, it is not that you don't have fear, but it is that you act despite your fear. Which is a pretty boring sentiment, honestly. Yeah. But sure. Um. But I like this arc for Kirishima. There's a cool note in here that where he's like thinking about it, where he first discovered his quirk and accidentally cut his eye on himself. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah. But he, he does it. He applies and gets in. We hand wave all of this, too, that he applies to and gets into UA. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's been practicing his quirk. Um, I do I do like the uh, little shot of him sitting beside Mina at the uh, at the fucking orientation thing that we saw Deku and Bakugo at and it's just like yeah they you didn't see them but they were there too they were they were there he didn't even have his good hair yet nope got that before like it had to be days before going to school they're like and then they had like a nice scene in the cherry blossoms where like Mina just sees his new hair, uh, and they're like, oh shit, like, you're taking this seriously, aren't you? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I have to, pro- like, I want to protect people. Like, I'm done, I'm done letting people control my life. I want to make my own destiny with this. Yeah. And Mina's like, well, you better stick to that, because if you ever falter, I'm going to tell everyone that you were kind of lame in middle school. Ha <laughs> ha! That's cute! That's a cute scene! <laughs> you can <laughs> see why I thought maybe that the show would do something with that between the two characters, but I guess not. Hmm. It, it, like, watching this again, I, 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 I had to, like, rack my brain and think... Do Kirishima and Mina interact after this in any meaningful way? Extremely doubtful. There's why this is part of part of my reason. It's like, why are we doing all this work for Kirishima now? Even though I really like it. When he's not gonna become a main character on the show, we're just we're putting all of this like story effort into learning more about him, and it's just not gonna go anywhere. We're not going to get any satisfying moments with Kirishima later, I don't mm-hmm. think. Like, he's not going to have notable impact on the story. Just, it's just weird creatively. Like, I wish, I wish that they had put this energy earlier and had, you know, made him more important. Because it seems like they picked him at random, and I, I don't think that's true, and I wish I knew why. Um, but anyway, back in the present, uh, Kirishima is, like, trying to rouse himself into, uh, uh, like, getting into action. And we learned that Fat Gum actually has a little bit of a trick to how his power works. Yeah, sure, he eats stuff to, like, bulk up and, uh, like, have a big cushiony body that can absorb blows. But he, the blows he absorbs, actually, he can turn into power. (laughs) Yes, like he, the he, like, more he, the more he gets hit, the more he can like redirect that. He's like storing up energy in his body, and the fat is fuel for releasing all of it. Mm-hmm. Which is just this is this is just Sebastian Shaw's power, but with extra steps. Do I know Sebastian Shaw? Uh, he is an X Men villain, the Black King of the uh, Hellfire Club. Okay, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's a good bit. Yeah, it's a good bit. It's, a it's good also bit. a great power. It's fucking cool as hell. 
Um, he is he's sort of at his limit. He's he's a, at the point where he has stored up max amount of punch power from uh, whatever this guy's name is, Rap, Rapa. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, is having a hard time getting a good opportunity to release it. Uh, and he's like, I'm probably going to pass out. I don't have a good opening. Um, when Kirishima gets over his fears, hops in front of Rapa and just starts taking punches that he couldn't before. He's extra. He's like super he hardening. Like he's, he's doing he so good at doing his quirk. I can't say he's doing... <laughs> He's getting so hard. He's great. <laughs> um, he like all all of the bits of him that get knocked away. He rehardens. He hardens. Uh, uh, he is like reinforcing himself again and again and again. It's cool. It's a good bit. I like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and this gives Fat Gum the opening to fucking unleash all of his. This animation, by the way, it's good. Yeah, it is good. Uh. But unleash the full force of all of his stored powers on both of them, which is so strong that it, like, punches through the force field that the other guy has put up. uh, Mm -hmm. And knocks them into the wall. And in doing so, Fat Gum burned off all of his body fat, because it was the fuel for his punch. Mm Mm-hmm. So he's, like, ripped now. He's got no body (laughs) fat, because he burned it all. He's, a, he's still a big guy, though. He's still a big guy, but he's just, like, burned through. He's, like, 0% body fat because he, like, punched it all off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> and also, funnily, he still talks like fat gum. You'd think, like, they'd give him a more serious voice now that he's more person-shaped. No, still fat gum's voice. Still it's fat good. gum. He's still, he's still a big, goofy guy. He's still that guy. Uh. Uh. I don't know. That's what, it. What, you, what did you think? What do you think overall about this one? I think uh, it adds like interesting depth to Kirishima. We see like more of the insecurity that he has, which I think is an interesting like bit of depth to Kirish- uh, Kirishima's character. Me too. Um, and I like all the stuff with Fakum. But the fight's pretty fucking boring. <laughs> it's it's a boring fight. It's really just an introduction to how Fat Gum's power works. Um, and I don't care about the fight, yeah. I wish they had done it in a more interesting way. Yeah. Well, hopefully we do the second half of the podcast in a more interesting way than the first. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. interesting idea holden oh a way a way to do a way to do this uh, podcast differently mix things up a bit sure. what if we what if we talked about it backwards to backwards to forwards like we skip to the end of the episode and and then 
go backwards through time. Mm-hmm. Like Merlin. Like the like the television show, the BBC original television show Merlin. No, not like the TV. Is that how that TV show works? I don't know. I haven't seen Merlin. And I, I mean this, and I mean this with all the love in my heart. You strike me as somebody who's maybe seen Merlin. I haven't watched. So far, surprisingly enough, I have never watched an episode of Merlin. Okay, I mean, I can believe that, but you know, it's Doctor Who adjacent, and I know you've watched a fair amount of that. So yes. Um, but, no, I, I... Is Merlin traveling back in time? Okay, so, in, I forget which interpretation of Merlin it is, but there is a version of Merlin that was written about that is, like, experiencing time opposite us, uh, and so, like, when he... Uh, meets King Arthur for the first time, he is very sad because to him, it is their, like, last their meeting. last time they'll ever meet. Okay. So mm-hmm. he's he's going backwards through time. Instead of time mm-hmm. traveling, he's just, he's reversing it, the whole thing. Yes. Okay. that is, And that ex- is to explain why he seems to, like, be so prescient uh, with his knowledge is he's already experienced everything and he's going backwards. Okay. Bizarre. What happened? Okay. What happens to Merlin? He fucks off, I guess. He fucks off. Interesting. Um, In the, the cartoon, the sword and the stone Merlin makes an appearance and he appears to be a time traveler in that one straight up. So I guess they kind of, Took that and ran with it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that would be interesting, but I definitely think it would be hard for our audience to follow. Yeah, probably. We should probably just do it the normal way. Probably should just do it the normal way in Season 4, Episode 73, Temp Squad. Um, and, uh, hey! It's Twice and Toga. They're here. Hey! We're hanging out with these chuggleheads for an episode. And you know what's so funny about that? Is that the episode gets more interesting because of it. Yeah. Crazy how all these no-name, no-faced mooks are uh, not super good TV. Yeah. Um, Turns out that when all of your villains are, like, disposable and you haven't really had any time with them, they don't leave too much of an impact. Um, but yeah, uh, we see Overhaul with one of his mooks carrying Aerie to wherever they're going, and he is talking about, yeah, I guess we will have to ditch this base and go to another because I'm still moving forward with my plan. He even Uh, acknowledges, he's like, yeah, my men don't really like me, they like my dad, but that's only because they're fucking idiots who can't see my vision. Uh, mm-hmm. Which, you know, okay. <laughs> Certainly is a way to describe all of your mooks that are currently getting arrested. Yeah. And then he is like, all right, uh, you two need to get to work. And uh, we cut to uh, Twice and Toga, who are striking the coolest poses. It's good to see him. <laughs> Because I'm so sick of these faceless nobodies. I don't give a shit about the Yakuza 
I'm tired of it. I want a little bit more personality with my villains. Mm-hmm. And uh, they are here to deliver that in spades. Um, we cut back to Kirishima with Fat Gum. I love, by the way, Fat Gum is still making Fat Gum expressions. It would be so easy to turn him into like a sexy boy. Yeah, like, but they don't do that. They keep his Fat Gum face. <laughs> like, it's good. Yeah, his his mouth is still like that. Yeah, it's just like that. He, that's just the shape of his face. I love this man. I would die for this man. <laughs> um, um, but uh, Rappa stands up and is like, hey, you didn't actually kill us. You didn't knock us out. Oh, um, wait, no, no, but- no. Hang on. Sorry. Before that, he... Fatgum has a flashback, I guess, about Kirishima mm-hmm. uh, and him getting the work-study program. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is also a really nice scene, sort of explaining why Kirishima, like, came to Fat Gum and, like, why he took him on. And, boy, it seems like all of these episodes or all these moments would be good not right this second. It would be good, like, set up for yeah. these moments. Yeah. I don't know. Would have, would have, been, would have been better in a different order. Bizarre pacing. Um, I don't know. Uh, uh, but, but Rappa and his uh, force field friend are not dead, and they're not knocked out. Uh, but so, so Rappa goes, "Listen, my arms are broke. You can't fight. Bring that tiny man with you because everybody's fucked. He can't make force fields anymore. So he might as well go to the med room and I'll heal up." <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, listen, I will fight to uh, I will fight you to the death, but." We can't really do that right now because we aren't at peak form. So we're gonna have to like call this uh, a stalemate for now. But I will, I will be back. Oh, I you will better be believe back. it. You better believe it. <laughs> They're like in. I'll wait to I'll wait to talk about the scene with them in the med bay later because uh, he's like explaining. <laughs> he's like. No, I'll wait, I'll wait. Okay. It's it's a good, it's like, incredibly bizarre. <laughs> He's such I, a weird guy. Because he, like, he, like, goes into his backstory, and you're like, oh, Rappa, I guess we're gonna learn about you, and he's like... He's like, why are you so obsessed with fighting? And he says the wildest fucking sentence I've ever heard on this show, which is, I come from the world of MMA. <laughs> like, shut the fuck up, man. What do you mean you what come you from mean? the world of MMA? He And then it cuts to, like, scenes of him, like, beating people up in MMA. And he's mm-hmm. like, and it was, it sucked because, you know how MMA is, like, crazy and, like, you can do anything and you can use your quirks? And they're like, yeah, of course. We all, I guess. We all know this. We all know it. And then he's like, that's crazy because I would beat everybody up and it was no problem until Overhaul killed me four times. Just killed me. Literally killed him four times. But because his power is to, like, destroy and reform things, he he just done did it. I didn't know he could reform things. That's new info to me. We, We said that, like, a few episodes ago. Oh my god, time... Hey, listen, <laughs> that's so long ago for me to keep it in my memory. Um, 
Anyway, he's so uh, single-minded that they, I guess they're temporary friends now. Yeah. Uh, also, Kirishima has earned his respect. Yeah, he calls him a man now. He's like, I thought that was a kid, but nah, it's a man. And you're like, okay. All right. Like, All right. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Be cool. Be cool. Like, <gasps> you don't have to be cringe about it. You know, just be, uh-huh. be cool. Uh, back in the hallway with the other heroes, the guy in the walls has decided to do cool things with his powers now. Mm-hmm. We don't get to see much of it because he's, it's mostly just, like, making the walls move. Yeah. Uh, we do get to see cool, we do get to see Lock Lock do his stuff. Oh, but that's after the infirmary scene you wanted to talk oh, about. Oh, you're right, you're right. Uh, yeah, so... <sighs> The wall, like, he's back in the walls. Now we're going to have to deal mm-hmm. with that. But first, we're going to cut back to the infirmary scene where, like, they are all bandaged up. Um, <laughs> Fatcom's like, why are you, why are you doing this? You clearly don't have skin in the game. Like, you don't care about his goals. Um... He calls him Overjerk. Like, every t- yeah. single time he, he talks about Overhaul, he calls him Overjerk. He doesn't respect that guy. Um, and, it, and it's, like, such a weird scene because it's sort of playing on the themes that we've been talking about. Of Like, these villains, quote-unquote, are just people that are, like, sort of cast off by society. And this guy has, like, taken up their cause in a way that makes makes them more loyal to him than anything else. They're mm-hmm. like and uh Fat Gum is like <laughs> why why? But fa- but and then Rap is just like he's the only person that's killed me four times. And, and instead of asking the more interesting question like why like why are all these people flocking to him? Not just you, but like why does he have all these people come to him? For something. Is there something I'm missing? Mm-hmm. Uh, but no. <laughs> nope. Nope. It's just uh, very funny that uh, we're all friends now. Temporarily, yep. I guess. They tied up the the Raven guy because they didn't trust him. But Rappa, they're like, Rappa would never. Yeah, Ra- Rappa seems like he's just... He, he's, he, he seems very straightforward about what he wants and... It's not a problem right now, so... Yeah. I like Rappa. I don't know. Something about a big, dumb idiot. Yeah. Um, now we cut to uh, the heroes in the hallway, and uh, the walls are shifting, moving around, and Lock Lock gets to use his ability. By the way, I still want to say, I love Lock Lock's ability. It's cool. I really... <laughs> It's cool. It's a good superpower. He gets to free shit. It's good as hell. I like it. Uh, I wish his name wasn't Lock Lock. Uh, but it is. You got me saying Lock Lock now. It is Lock Lock. In fact, we get we get a little bit from Present Mike, uh, who's like Lock Lock. He does some cool Lock Why? shit. Why did they do the subtitle? Why did they do the dubs like that? Why? I, I don't know. <laughs> um, was Rock he, Lock too hard to say? Uh, Rock Lock seems better. I don't know. Maybe it was like more of a... Like a... 
I don't know. There's a weird localization thing happening here, I think, with his name. Um, I just don't get why uh, why it's Rock Lock and the, the sub, but not the dub. It I doesn't make sense. I don't know. Uh, well, the, he freezes the walls so that they can't, you know, wiggle anymore. Um, mm-hmm. So he starts sending, like, big walls, like, down the hallway at them. Like, big, like, pillars that are blocking their way. Uh, mm-hmm. Which Deku just kicks through. Yeah, Deku can just kick through those. Easy. Easy. Nice try. This is a cool pa- thing that they sh- he should have been doing the whole time, by the way. Yeah. Just kick through shit. Just kick through Come shit. On. Anyway, it's good. Uh, and eventually he, like, transforms the space so much that now that we're in a, in a cool space that's, like, reconstituted building. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it is It is more abstract and weird now. It's Kingdom Hearts-esque. Mm-hmm. You could see Organization 13 have a meeting in this room, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, um, what's, what's Deku's nobody name? Ooh, um, it is... Oh, boy. Hang on, I gotta write all the letters down. <laughs> Are you going to do you remember what Deku's like legal name is? Midoriya. Ah. But it that also makes my job really hard cuz then I have to reconstitute <laughs> that name and add an X to it. Um <laughs> I'm going to say I'm going to say it's Kudex. Mm. K U D E X. I'm using now. I know what you. I know what you're saying. Where did you get that name? I'm using the same rules that they got for Roxas's name, which is just Sora's name, but they added an X to it. So <laughs> that's that's the that's how they get all the nobody names. Axel? I guess that has an X in it. <laughs> I here's the real here's the real thing. I don't know who Organization Thirteen are nobodies of. So. <laughs> You got me. Uh, also, nominate is Kyrie's nobody, right? Is she? But she isn't a member of Organization Thirteen. I mean, that's true. I guess. Anyway, we don't we don't have time to discuss Kingdom Hearts lore that I barely understand. <laughs> God, I need to play through those games again. They were pretty cheap on uh, Epic Game Store. I think they packaged them. Anyway. I digress. Uh, pretty cool venue to have a fight scene in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we can tell this because Lock Lock immediately gets jumped by Toga. And by the way, I get that this is a fake Toga. It's a spoiler alert. It's fucking goop that's tricking him. Uh, but she's got a knife drawn and he turns around, just takes the knife full in the hand just uses his hand yeah. to stop the knife doesn't and even then, flinch did that on purpose locks it fuck? in place locks it in place locks it she's, in place so she's like wait what what i can't move the knife now that guy's like, badass take it out lock lock yeah. fucking rules and if this wasn't a trick he fucking what fight over yeah 
The, if it, if it, if that wasn't a twice clone, he would have won the fight. Yeah, but it was. So uh, she jumps from behind him and stabs him in the kidneys. He's bleeding out on the floor. Pretty fucked up. Yeah, but um, uh, yeah, not not a good look there. Um, Deku kicks through the wall, and what does he find? <laughs> lock, lock, <laughs> lock, lock, crouching beside another lock, lock that is bleeding out. That is so silly. She could have picked anybody else. I don't and know if she could have. She just had him there. So I guess you know. does she need her blood to tra- their blood to transform? I guess she does. Yes. She could have. Doesn't she have Rarika's blood? Couldn't she transform into? Uh, she probably has it, but you know what's a lot easier than like looking around from your from your vials of blood is just licking just, the yeah, knife. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, but it doesn't work. Deku immediately is like, okay, that's not true. That's the oldest trick in the book. And she goes, you got me. I love you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, Deku doesn't figure it out first. Eraserhead figures Eraserhead it out. Does. Like, uh, he's like, oh, there's something fishy here. And like, as Deku's like, hey, uh, are you uh, uh, all right? That's pretty rough getting uh, ambushed by your clone. And <laughs> uh, Eraserhead's like, wait a fucking second. A fucking I know what's going on second. here. <laughs> and uh, yep. She's back. Don't ask why she's naked. She just is now, I guess. Yeah, she explodes out of the the lock-lock goop that she was hiding in. Uh, and is, is like, Deku, I'm so happy to see, uh, see you. Please let me stab you now. <laughs> My beloved. Uh, and she does stab uh, Eraserhead. Yeah, she gets Eraserhead good. Good. Like, in the shoulder. Yeah, and, she's, and Eraserhead is immediately like... Okay, Deku, like, you need to get that knife back. If she has that, it's, we're fucked. Like, it's fucked. Yeah. That is a serious problem. She doesn't Uh, get the powers of them, though, just the appearance, right? uh, I believe that is uh, true, but they sure don't know that. Yeah, that's true. Um, uh, yeah, so pretty, pretty bad stuff, uh, going on. I do also love the fact that, like, Eraserhead wraps Toka up in his, like, scarf thing and, like, uh, is, like, is uh, swinging her around, but she's able to use that momentum to get behind him to get a a stab in his shoulder. Toka's great. It's good. She's she's really good at what she does. I wish she didn't have to do it naked. It seems um, seems like a choice that somebody made. It doesn't seem like it was necessary. But it is cool. She's got momentum. I think that's fun. She gets through, you know, the crowd and gets her clothes back on. And she's like, I am so glad I came. I saw Deku. <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> like, I, oh, I, got, I got to see Deku today. today. What a t- good day. It was a good day. Um, we get another flashback here of uh shigaraki talking to overhaul and they're like debating on how uh the league of villains is going to help uh the yakuza mm-hmm. and we also get deku realizing that toga was at the test yes uh which is 
news to him, and he's news like, to him. Why did she do that? Well, he like, really went, oh no. <laughs> like, he really went, that is going to be a problem. I'm certain of it. I don't know what was going on there, but it certainly wasn't good. She was naked then, too. That was a choice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it is, um... Basically, we get a, uh... We get a, a small scene here where Shigaraki's like... He wants, uh, Twice and Toga, basically, mm-hmm. to come work for him. And Shiggy's like, okay, yeah. We'll, we'll make yeah. it happen. Sure, uh, sure can do. I do not understand uh, Shogi, by the way. This is a dumb game I hate it. I also don't understand <laughs> at all. Uh, Shogi is very similar to chess, uh, except for the fact that you can uh, replace pieces that you have captured on the board. Oh. Like checkers? Mm, no. I don't. I don't fully understand, but it, it is an it is incredibly complex game because consider how complex chess is, and then add in you can re-add pieces. You can respawn. To- yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sounds tough. Um. Anyway, twice shows up in the in the present with what? Hmm. Rappa. Rappa. Uh. R- no. Did- Please remember that Twice's whole thing is that he can clone people. Yes, I I, for, I forgot. I fully forgot that was his thing, uh, and then I was like, "Oh no, it's just it's a goop clone." Because they he mm-hmm. tries to fight Night Eye, and Night Eye's like, "No, I can see. No. I can see the future." And also, I have uh, a support item that doesn't make any sense. I don't understand how it works. I don't know what it does. It it is almost unintelligible he shows like these little cufflinks that he has that's like up okay his punches i don't get it okay so those are supposed to be stamps or seals like you would use for signing documents at a business so and because like his whole thing is he looks like a businessman so that they look like that but actually they are like weighted or something, um, and it makes his punches better. <laughs> that's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. Yeah, for real. Anyway, it doesn't work. Rappa gets gooped, and mm-hmm. uh, they punch. Uh, uh, Night Eye is able to like knock off uh, a bit of Twice's mask, which makes him start like losing it because he needs to keep himself wrapped up or his other personalities will like split off from him god you really feel for this guy yeah he like he gets through the wall and the wall closes behind him and he's like he's like fuck i gotta i gotta cover up i can't i can't do this he's like his inner monologue he's already fighting with himself and he like mm-hmm. falls to his knees and covers like covers the exposed spot on his head. And uh, and Toga is so nice to him. It is like 
hey, it's you get the feeling that uh, these two people really understand each other and like they are in villainy for similar reasons. You know? God, I don't know how you can see this scene of Toga helping twice and like covering up his things so that they can like he can calm down and not say to yourself i think these people might be victims yeah (laughs) i think these people maybe have been outcast by society and they have not been doing a very good job of handling that um but maybe this is a (laughs) maybe this should be addressed somehow Mm -hmm. god it is what a nice scene between the two of them. Yeah. And, like, it becomes clear that, like, Toga Toga likes Twice and, like, thinks of him as a friend and, like, understands that he's going through a lot because he has put the death of Magni on his shoulders. Uh, I do also like the fact that uh, Toga exclusively refers to a, a Magni as Big Sis Mag. Yeah. The villains, again, only are the only people that gender Magni correctly. Yeah. God! You... <laughs> when, when the heroes align themselves so literally with the cops and are sort of blind to the struggles of people who are not superheroes... Uh, and then you get a cutscene, like, excuse me, a flashback, not a cutscene, where Shigaraki is explaining why Twice and Toga have to go be, like, fake working at the, um, for the Yakuza so they can get moles on the inside. And it's, Mm -hmm. like, it's clear that, like, Twice is, like, it's my fault. I blame myself for Magne's death. Why would I ever fucking work for them? Yeah, he says... He takes off his mask a bit to show uh, Shigaraki his face, and he says, Can't you see I'm human too? And it's just like... He's like, we're not just villains, we're people. Like... <laughs> yes! I, I, You're right! <laughs> I feel guilt, and I have emotions, and like... uh, Yeah, the, the scene is great. It's so um, good, and we're not... We, all of the, it's so frustrating. All of the themes for the villains are in this season. All the pieces are here. I, I know I've said that like 500 times, but it is so frustrating to watch these episodes and have these good moments in an otherwise like weird or weirdly paced episode and be like, you have it. You wrote it. It's right there. Like, <laughs> pay attention. Um, I do also want to point out that, like, when they're having this meeting, uh, Magni's big magnet thing is, like, leaned up against the wall. Like, it's a fucking Tiny Tim's crutch, like, in the future section of, uh, A Christmas Carol. Like, these people are seriously grieving. Um, and in fact, and in fact, they, they, when they, they cut to... Um, uh, Mr. Compress, as he's, like, got his arm bandaged up, he's, like, hooked up to stuff, right? Like, he's got, like, like, um, IVs hooked up to him. He got his arm fucking exploded, like. 
They're yeah. like testing out prosthetics for that guy. And also, to Mr. Compress's uh, credit, what a showman. He has switched his mask out for a sad face mask. <laughs> Which is... It's really good. Grid. Um, but like, but Jesus Christ. And like, this scene ends with uh, Toga straight up like threatening Shigaraki with a knife to his throat. Saying like... Hey, you have to give me a really good reason for uh, uh, for me to do this because the whole reason I joined up with uh, y'all is to like do as I pleased. Like I, that was like my whole reason for being here. I don't like the those guys. I don't want to work with them. And Shigaraki says, "Hey, I don't like these guys either." It seems to me they're like trying to recruit from us, and that they're trying to win you over. I would actually like it if you went there and proved to them that uh, you're not one of them. And fuck things up for them a little bit. I'm sure you can find a way. And to make him himself extra clear, he takes the hand off of his face and he's like, Look into my fucking eyes. We, they're going to try to win you over. It's never going to happen. And I need them to understand that. And I trust you too to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the, we've been talking these past two episodes about, like, how much, uh, the Overhaul's mooks just absolutely hate him, but this is a scene that is just, like, the, the mooks of the Shia Saikai don't like their boss. The League of Villains, they're starting to like Shigaraki. They like Shigaraki. They... Th- which is weird they, because they don't, they really did not like Shigaraki, which is un- understandable. He's a gamer, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the more time that they spend and they that he, like, takes them seriously and is like, listen, I have good reasons for doing what I'm doing, and I trust you, I want you to trust me, that's good! That's good shit! Mm-hmm. It's good. Uh, twice is such a good villain. <laughs> it's it's really good. And then we cut back to the present, and uh, fucking Toga and Twice are just like <laughs> just roasting the hell <laughs> out of uh, out of the guy in the walls, and he just like snaps and is like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna crush everyone. I'm gonna kill them all." Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Very funny that uh, the League of Villains tanked this for them. Fucking I, uh, good stuff. <laughs> also, I love the bit of animation of like, uh, uh, of him of Twice and Toga getting thrown in the hole because it's just a single like one second animation. The hole doesn't open up; it just is there. Is there. <laughs> <laughs> And they fall down, and Eraserhead and uh, Deku are hot on their tail, I guess, so. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, it's... I know I seem really torn on this, but I am so conflicted. It's hard to pin whether or not these episodes are good. I still think they're not, but... It's difficult to say because 
there's so many good bits to it. You want to be like, this is a so like, this is the sum of its parts means that it's mostly a good episode. But overall, I just I don't think it is. Mm-hmm. And next episode, I'm so sure we're gonna get the same treatment treatment with Lamillion, like positive that's about to happen we're about to go to what he's doing and we're gonna get like flashbacks for him and like why was this the format why'd we do this like like yeah we're dedicating the same amount of time we could have paced it so much better well we are hurtling towards the end of this arc um but for now, we have, like, reached our end of episodes for today. Holden, where can people find you on the internet? Well, they can find me at twitter.com at not underscore daredevil. And if you are interested in uh, any of the work that I've uh, done in my portfolio for graphic design stuff, uh, you can go to my website, which is hdking.myportfolio.com, and check it out there. You can find me on Tumblr and co-host at Hex of Lexi, and you can find the podcast at both those places at Sakugapod. You can also reach the podcast via email at sakugapod at gmail.com. While you're doing that, if you want to go to your podcatcher of choice, leave us a five-star review. Uh, I know I would really appreciate it. Lexi doesn't give a shit about it, but I, you know, she said to me, she's like, I don't give a shit about the reviews. And I was like, well, I do. So if you could, that'd be great. Yeah. And, you know I don't what? know. Holden, Holden might be reading those. I, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I think we're a five-star podcast. And if you agree with me, you should go out into the real world and tell somebody. Give us an IRL five-star review. Put it on a sticky note somewhere. Yeah. Five stars, Sakugapod. Sakugapod. And people are like, what the fuck? I wish there was more info on this sticky note. <laughs> um, we would also like to thank Rainbow Lithium for doing the portrait work we use in our podcast art. And for Holden doing, doing the graphic design around it. Uh, we... Really should also take the time to thank Lexi for editing these episodes together every single week because they've been really difficult lately. So, so sorry. <laughs> uh, it's fine. Um, with all of that being said, I said everything, right? I think so. I think that's all of it. All right. Uh... I think we can say that we have studied the Sakuga. We just keep on having these gosh dang flashbacks. And we can consider this case closed. It's me. I'm in middle school. Sixth grade. <laughs> I'm in band class. Lexi is also there. She plays the saxophone. I play the <laughs> trombone. This isn't relevant to what we're doing on the podcast today, but might give you important insight into our character backstory.